Welcome to the FCC Podcast. Hear all the stories, worship, and teaching from Sunday service. Want to connect with us or learn more about FCC? Visit us at FCCETown.com.
God, a big hand of praise today.
Guys, let's read these words of scripture together. It's Psalm 121, and you saw it on the screen a little earlier in the service. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Let's pray together. Lord God, we believe this promise and we thank you for it. When we are, um, we feel oppressed by guilt and struggles in life and and we're down, help us remember, God, that you are with us, that our King and Creator is for us. You are for us, God. That's a promise in Scripture, and it comes through the saving name of Jesus. Thank you so much that we are your sons and your daughters in His name. We can approach you in prayer with confidence. We can sing your praises with joy not because of what we've done, but because of what you have done, because you value us and you love us so much. And we praise you. It's the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Hey, I know that you just sat down a little bit ago, but I'm gonna ask that you would stand with me uh, this morning. And even for those of us who are watching online right now, I'm gonna ask that you would participate with us in this as well. And we're just going to spend a moment in prayer, uh, in in prayer to God, a prayer of thanksgiving to him. And and so as we prepare to do that, you can go ahead and close your eyes, but I want you to be thinking about something as we head into that time of prayer. I'm going to ask that you would bring to your mind the people who are in your life right now that you are so blessed to have. And those can be friends and and certainly family and family. Maybe life group members or coworkers. Maybe it's um, long time, far away friends that you just bring to your mind right now. And then I'd ask that you'd also think about those situations and those moments that you've had in the last couple of months that um, are clear victories for you. Or maybe those moments that you think back on in the last few months where you thought they were gonna be disastrous and you thought they were headed towards something really, really bad and somehow God brought you through it or God saw you through it or maybe in some cases God dragged you through those moments. Just, just remember those moments. And then I'd like for you to think about the stuff that you have. And I don't mean the, the, the stuff that you wish you had And I don't mean the stuff that somebody else has. I want you to specifically think through what you have that God has blessed you with. So if you got all of that, if you you got that held in your head, the, the, the people, the moments, and the things 
Hold them in your mind right now as we pray. God, you have blessed us. And in a season and in a year that has been filled with negativity, and there has been so much to pull us down and weigh us down, you have blessed us. And you have shined these, these spotlights in people and moments and things that have reminded us who you are and how much you dearly love us. And it's not just that you love us in general, God. It's that even right now, we're sitting here and we're standing here and, and we're specifically considering individual ways that you have loved us. And God, you have... Uh, given us everything that you could possibly give us in Jesus 2,000 years ago, but then you continued to pour out blessings on us. And so this morning, we simply say thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for proving to us over and over and over again that you are there, that you are real, and that you really love us. And for all that we are holding in our minds right now, God, we say thanks. And all God's people said loudly, amen. You can be seated. Well, today is a special day. And it's a special day because today is day of thanks. It's a special day because there was bacon at church, okay? You can say that louder, okay? It was really good bacon, okay? So there was bacon at church. Um, but one other thing that, that makes it um, kind of a special day, and that is that it is Day of Thanks, and we had Day of Thanks a year ago. And a year ago at Day of Thanks, there were about a third as many people with us as are with us today. Because as this year has gone on, we have grown more and more comfortable with the opportunity to be back together. And we've had more and more that, that's happened in our world that's allowed us to be back together. And I am so thankful here on Day of Thanks that Day of Thanks looks like this this year than what it looked like last year. And I'm excited already for what it's going to look like next year. And so I'm thankful for that. But there's another reason that today is a very special day. Uh, today is a special day because three years ago this weekend, there were 282 families at First Christian who made commitments to Let's Go. Now, if you don't know what Let's Go is, Let's Go is uh, an ongoing capital campaign that we have had. It's been going for three years. It allowed us to purchase the land that's behind us that stretches all the way to Ring Road. It also allowed us to renovate and expand our children's ministry and have bigger and better spaces for our kids. And three years ago, those families made a declaration that they would put their treasure where their heart was. And for some, that was a first-time investment in the kingdom of God. And on that day, we had this incredible visual that, that many of us who were here watched or participated in, and that was that we watched families and couples and individuals walking down these aisles and giving their commitments and giving their money, giving towards a project that they hadn't even seen yet. Because it wasn't built, 
It wasn't already done and we just needed to kind of pay it off. It, it wasn't anything like that. We had ideas, but we weren't even to the, the, the completed stages of what we thought we were going to build. And on that morning, three years ago, you gave over $410,000 in cash on that one day. Okay? And I have this, this vivid memory in my head. Uh, the lights were, were down, but they were also kind of bluish. I don't know why I know that, but they were. And so I have this very vivid memory of some of our children who are now students and some of our students who are now in college or out of college who were walking down these rows and they had in their hands buckets of dollars and coins that they'd been collecting for this moment. And they had envelopes that had just stuff sticking out of it, and they were so careful because they didn't want the coins to fall out. And some brought their piggy banks and put their piggy banks into the, the buckets, the receptacles that were there. And when it was all collected and all the commitments were counted up, it revealed that over the next three years, there are people that had made commitments that were just over $2.2 million that they were going to be giving over the next three years. That was three years ago. And since then, there's been an awful lot that's happened in our life and a whole lot that has happened in our world. And through it all, people have continued to give and people have continued to honor those commitments that they made. And to this point, with still a few months to go because there's a lot of folks who didn't start giving until January and so they're counting their three years to still be a couple of months away to this point right now, we have received almost $1.9 million of that commitment that's actually come in in real cash. Now here's what the experts say. We've had experts that have called and have given us instruction and given us kind of some, some advice and maybe some encouragement to a degree that after what has happened over the past two years and after all that's transpired and what people have gone through and how it's all affected everyone, that the most you could really hope to have happen during uh, all that's transpired with a, a pandemic and everything else is that there'd be maybe a 75% return on the commitments that people made if you've been in a campaign during this whole time, which we have. And last week we passed 85% with still two months to go because we have some incredibly committed people here. So you've already beat me to the punch, but I don't care, we're gonna do it anyway. I, I, I just wanna take a moment to say thank you. And I wanna take a moment to thank God for how he has allowed us in the midst of all of this to get a building built and get incredible facilities made for, for our kids, for our families, and how significant you have been in doing that, even though you didn't know what it was gonna look like and even though you didn't know exactly what you were gonna see. And I just want us to appreciate this moment that we have three years later right now. Would you appreciate and celebrate all that God has done here? Now, I, I just, I wanna share something with you that encapsulates this victory thus far, um, and I wanna warn 
parents and grandparents that you're gonna see some little faces on the screen that you're gonna recognize, um, but it's also gonna remind you how quickly time passes. It's fair warning. Take a look at this. 20 years ago, our leaders gathered and determined that the first Christian church, consistent with its vision of leading people closer to Jesus, would be fully committed to reaching the young families of our community. Time and again, their bold decision has been fulfilled as more and more families have made their way through the doors of FCC. As a result, a bigger church home was needed to make room for them all. And by the time the building was complete, the average age of the church had dropped by an entire decade. Young families were calling FCC home. God, however, wasn't finished. Only five years after moving into this new facility, more space was needed as the number of children coming to Kidtown consistently increased. We were simply running out of room. During an effort we called Let's Go, our congregation committed over $2.2 million, funds that made starting our needed expansion possible. To date, FCC has received over $1.8 million in donations for Let's Go and paid off construction loans of over $750,000. January 2020 saw the groundbreaking project that enlarged the footprint of Kidtown giving our preschoolers, for the first time in our history, their own large space for worship and teaching. This ambitious undertaking also introduced our elementary Kidtown students to new, engaging worship technology. Today, we take a few moments to celebrate the bold commitment of our elders and the generous support of our FCC family. We are blessed to be on this journey that began 20 years ago, but is far from over. Thank you for being an essential part of Let's Go and traveling with us as we remain fully committed to reaching the young families in our community. Let's go. This, uh, this weekend and, and last weekend together uh, actually also mark a, a, a time frame for us. It was 10 years ago uh, this weekend and last that we moved out of our facility on Mulberry and into our temporary space on Poplar. That was a decade ago. And then three years ago, we started into this whole project for Let's Go and all that's transpired since then. And I just, I want to thank you for your belief and your trust in God. Because that's what it comes down to. And I specifically want to thank a couple of different groups of people. There, there's a group of people who... Um, have already completed your commitment that you made three years ago. And you have finished, uh, you've gone across that finish line, you saw that finish line, and before we even got to the three-year mark, you went ahead and finished your giving. That's one group of people that I, I certainly want to say thank you to. But there's another group that did all of that as well, and then they just kept giving. And they kept giving to Let's Go, and they kept giving above and beyond what they had planned to give three years ago because they saw the need that was there and they wanted to meet that. And so I just want to say thank you for trusting God with your finances and for investing in the kingdom of God. And as we kind of continue on, maybe there are some of you who 
um, are thinking that you would like to continue to give or that you want to give more, or, or maybe you weren't with us three years ago when we started into all of this, or when we, we started into it three years ago, you just weren't in a place where you could give above and beyond. And so um, what we have today is you will leave the, the worship center back by the offering trays if you want to. There are these envelopes that are there that say beyond on them. They have this beyond logo on them. And they're there for you to, to put in those envelopes additional funds that you want to give towards Let's Go and towards the completion of the financial end of that project because the facility's done, but we're still paying for it. And so if you want to, to give towards that over the next few weeks, we want you to take that envelope home and just think about it. Leave it on your counter and pray over that. And maybe there's a way that you want to participate in that way. And so you can put it in that envelope, and if it's in that envelope, we'll know that's where it goes. Um, but we want you to take those today, and you can use those today if you want, but you can also take them home and just think about that, and I'll tell you more about that at the end. But it's just an opportunity, another opportunity, to invest in the kingdom of God. Well, this may seem like we're, we're taking a really hard left turn out of all of that, but it's not, I promise. We, we've been on a journey through some of the folks in the Old Testament. We were with Abraham a couple of weeks ago, and then last week we were with Moses. Today, we move into Numbers chapter 13. And so if you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to follow along with me in this story. In Numbers chapter 13, you can use your phone, your tablet, or your Bible that you brought. And in Numbers chapter 13, we come across a story that you've probably heard before, but you just didn't know that it was in Numbers 13, because we don't go to Numbers and read a lot because there's a whole bunch of names and it scares us, okay? So uh, Numbers chapter 13 is um, right at the beginning of the chapter. It's the fourth book of the Bible, Numbers is. And right at the beginning of the chapter, here's what we read. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Okay, so just so we're clear, the people who are going in to check out the promised land that God wants to give them are the leaders, they're not just people that got pulled out of a hat, they're not just people that either won or lost, depending on your perspective, some lottery. They were the leaders of these tribes of Israel, and they're going in to see the land that God wants to give them. Okay, and so their names, by the way, I told you it was a, a book full of names, their names are Shaphat, Igal, Palti, Gadiel, Gadi, Amiel, Suther, Nob, Gul, Shamua, and Caleb and Joshua. Okay, so not very recognizable names in the first 10, and then suddenly here's two that we know at the end. Maybe there's a reason for that. Well, verse 17, as the story keeps going, says this. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country and see what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees on it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. And so they went up and explored the land. And at the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. So after 40 days, all 12 of these guys come back. And they come back out of Canaan. And they come back. And what did they learn? Well, we move down to verse 27. And it says this. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. In just the last few months for Israel at this point, 
just looking back over their very recent history, during that time, God has done some incredible things. There were the 10 plagues that happened in Egypt. There, there, were, there was the Red Sea parting and them walking across on dry ground and then them watching the, the Egyptian army be destroyed as the water crashed down on top of them. God had brought them out of slavery in Egypt that they had been in for four centuries. And while they were walking after that, God had fed them when they didn't think they would have any food. God had strengthened them. And God had organized them into a nation that they didn't even know that they were. And now God wants to show them what he wants to give to them next. There's nothing about this that was supposed to be up for debate. He just wanted to show them the present that he had for them. And we get to verse 30 of Numbers chapter 13. And there is a conflict that starts there. Here's where it starts. Caleb of Caleb and Joshua, he silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. Caleb saw that this was what God was going to give them. That was one point of view. But there was a different perspective from pretty much everybody else who had gone into the same place. And in verse 31, we read this. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. And they said, the land we have explored devours those living in it. And all the people we saw there are of great size. And the people listened to the 10 spies. The people listened to this last report and there was fear that started to spread throughout the entire camp of Israel. So much so, that these are the Israelites who just months before had been brought out of Egypt as they were following who? They were following Moses out of Egypt. Moses, this guy who's this historical leader in Israel, and months before he had done the, one of the most remarkable things that he would ever do in his life as he led them out of there, and because of the fear that's running through the camp, they're calling for new leaders. They don't want Moses anymore. They don't want Aaron anymore. Get us somebody else. And there's chaos going on. There's rebellion that's going on. And in the midst of that, Joshua and Caleb speak up again. Now that we're all all the way over in Numbers chapter 14. And they calmed everybody down for a moment so they could be heard. And they said this, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, He will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Now there were 12 people who saw the exact same thing. There are 12 people who experienced the exact same moments for 40 days. But there are two very different camps, two very different opinions, two very different sides. There's Joshua and Caleb who are moved by faith and so they're ready to go in and and claim what God is ready to give to them and then the other group that's operating out of fear. And really in just about every aspect of our life in every little compartment that you can draw we tend to operate and move 
according to one of those two conditions. We operate by faith or fear. See, when it, when it comes to our money, for instance, when it comes to our money, we, we tend to either be very faithful, real generous, where we trust God with, with the money. We, we, we trust and we bring the tithe to God. We actually bring, when we hear tithe, we know that that means 10%, and so we bring 10% to God, and, and, and we do that without even thinking about it. In fact, some of us go above and beyond that. We bring our offerings to God as well. And we believe that it's God's money, that it's not our money to hang on to, and he's letting us live on 90% of what he's blessed us with. Or we get very fearful and we shrink back and we think to ourselves, mm, 10%, I don't, I don't think we can give 10%. I mean, how, how are we supposed to pay the bills giving 10%? Because I mean, I earn this money. This is my money. I should be allowed to do what I want. We don't think of it as God's. We actually think of it as our money. How am I supposed to live on 90% and we never really make any kind of investment in the kingdom of God? Faith, fear. What about baptism? When it comes to being baptized, it really is about responding in faith or responding in fear. Because when we respond in faith, and, and there have been some amazing folks this year, courageous people this year, who have stepped forward and said, look, I know this is the step I need to take. It is obvious to me from what's being taught to me and what I'm reading in God's word that I need to be baptized, and so I'm going to be baptized, I'm going to take the plunge. And I mean that in all the different ways, okay? Or we shrink back. And out of fear, we say, well, I don't, I don't want to offend my parents. Or I, I don't want everybody to see me all sloppy and wet. Or, you know what, what if, what if I do that and then, like, <laughs> on the other side of being baptized, I don't end up living the kind of life that pleases Jesus and it turns out that I'm like a fake and a fraud and maybe I kind of make a mockery of the whole church thing and so maybe, maybe I just won't upset the apple cart and I won't do anything. And fear sets in. And even though God's word is abundantly clear that we are to be baptized, I mean abundantly clear, out of fear, we opt out. Faith, fear. Let me pause on that for just a moment because I want to celebrate with you a little bit. Um, this has been a strange year for everybody. It's been a struggle for all of us, and so let me brag on some very courageous and very obedient people. Because this year, even in the mess of everything that has transpired, we have had the privilege of watching 37 people be baptized here at First Christian Church. And absolutely. And just so you know, I, I took Rico into account. So it was 36 yes, last service, it's 37 now. Absolutely. There's also been 16 other people beyond that. Wait, hold on. Let me start the sentence. There's been 16 people this year 
who in addition to that have said, I wanna be, this is my home. I wanna be at First Christian Church and I want this to be my family. I want this to be my church home. I wanna serve here. I wanna learn here. I wanna grow here. And I say 16, but we had two more last service who made that commitment. And so now we have 18 people this year who have made that decision as well. And it's amazing to see what God is continuing to do in a very weird and rough year and struggles for all and God is at work. Let me just talk for a second about momentum. Because yes, there's been 37 baptisms that have happened this year. 10 of those have happened in the last eight weeks. Okay, that's called momentum. And we should have seen that momentum coming because 11 of the other 27 happened in the 12 weeks prior to that. And so God has been stirring in people and there is a stirring that is going on to be beyond who we are right now and to be beyond who we have been. And there are people who are responding to God's call on their life, responding to the life change that God wants to make in their life and they are responding not by fear, they are responding by faith. Faith and fear. What about when it comes to telling other people about Jesus? What about inviting other people to hear about Jesus? See, we can have a mindset of faith, and the mindset of faith says, look, I'm gonna take every opportunity that I have. Every time I see a door open, every time I see a window open, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to talk about spiritual things and I'm gonna talk about Jesus and I'm gonna share the story of Jesus when it's appropriate. I'm not gonna to seek to kind of be obnoxious about that, but I am gonna be the hands and the feet for Jesus and trust that Jesus is gonna see me through that. That's faith. Or we operate out of fear. And we worry that we won't say the right thing or we worry that we don't have the right Bible verses memorized to, to say to people and we're kind of worried that what people are going to think of us, maybe they're going to think that we're weird or we're afraid that if we do talk about Jesus that somehow that's going to impact and affect our business in some bad way and so we give in to fear. And Jesus stays our own little secret and his message does not get told, at least not by us. It's money, it's baptism, it's inviting people alongside Jesus. Just about every aspect of our life is operating out of one of these two mindsets, faith or fear. Now, in the story that we just looked at in in the book of Numbers, 10 guys had the mindset of fear. And the reason for their mindset was that this, this enemy is way too large and way too powerful and this is all too risky, and this whole thing is too big, even for God. But then there were these two guys who had a mindset of faith. And what did they see? What did they see that all the other people were missing? Well, we've spent a great deal of time over the past couple of weeks, maybe actually the past couple of months, talking about the lies that the father of lies has been seeding into our world. And we have acknowledged, we have admitted 
that some of those lies have taken root in our culture and some of those lies have taken root in our community that where we live. And some of those lies have, have even found a home inside some of our own hearts and minds. He has worked really hard, the father of lies has, to make us think less of ourselves, to make us think less of the people who are around us, to make us even think less of the power of God. Those are all lies. And all the way back at the edge of the promised land, all the way back there, Joshua and Caleb saw through the lies. And what did they see that everybody else seemed to miss? The answer to that question is actually pretty simple. It's just this. They believed God could be trusted. And they believed God for what was beyond. What was beyond what they could see. What was beyond what they could control. Today we're celebrating, and today we are remembering some amazing moments and events where God has moved beyond where we were. And, and it's happened for us collectively, and it's happened for us individually. And some of it has had to do with our relationship with him, and some of it has had to do with our service to him, and some of it has had to do with our understanding of who he is, and who we are, and how we fit together with him. And he has blessed us over and over and over again. But here is something for us to learn from these 12 spies who influenced a nation. 10 of them acted with fear while two of them responded with faith. And the 10 influenced the nation to give in to fear and never move beyond where they were. And so an entire generation of Israelites for the next 40 years, though they were always just a river's width away from the home that God was just wanting to give to them, he just wanted them to go and see what was next. And they decided not to go. And so for the next 40 years, they never moved beyond where they were. To kind of sum up the lessons that we've learned from Abraham and from Moses and from these 12 spies, let me, let me just say this. God will do what you can't. But God will not do what you won't. A little bit about what's beyond at First Christian. For one, we still have some commitments to come in from the three-year commitments that people have made. And as I said before, there's some folks who are marking their beginning time in January, and so they've still got a couple of months to go, and they've got that in their plans. That's beyond where we are right now. We still have $690,000 in construction loans to pay off on that expansion that we just finished. Now, it's done, 
and it's fantastic, and we use it in great ways, but it's not done being paid for, and so there's $690,000 still there to be paid. We still have about $3.5 million to pay off on this facility that we're in right now. And I don't actually say any of that to be a downer. I don't say any of that to be negative in the slightest. Because you see, I, I, I believe, I have every confidence that you're going to respond to that and that God is going to help us get all of that paid off. But you see, that's what I can see. I know how numbers work. I'm not great at math, but I can do subtraction. I understand how much is left and how much we still have to do. And it's stuff I can see and I believe and I trust God that we're gonna get there. But you see, God has a beyond that I can't see. He has a beyond that is beyond my understanding and it's beyond my vision right now. What I do believe as I'm looking out right now is I believe that God has a beyond that's gonna fill up the seats that are sitting all through this worship center. And I think he's gonna fill up those seats, get this, with people that you already know. And that even though you can't think of it right now and, and you are gonna turn red-faced thinking about this, some of the people that you already know that are gonna fill up those seats that are all around you are gonna fill up those seats because you invited them to come and hear about Jesus. And you're thinking that sounds crazy and that you're never gonna do that. I mean, you're going to. And some of the people that he's gonna fill in those seats with are people who right now are living a long way away from God and it will surprise you to see them in those seats. But God's gonna meet them here. And he is going to change their life. And they are gonna invest their life in the kingdom of God. That's not hope. It's not hype. That's my belief that God can be trusted. That's my belief that God has a beyond that I can't see. But it is a beyond where he is counting on you and he is counting on me. He's expecting you and me to move beyond where we are right now. He has so much he wants to show us that he wants to give to us but he needs us to move. And I know he can be trusted and I know that he has a beyond for us and here's why I know all of that. It's because of why we're here right now. It's because I can look back over the last few months or the last few years and I can recognize that God has been at work and that through one of the most difficult times, if not the most difficult time in our world, God has seen us through and has continued to bless us in the middle of it. And as he has blessed us, we can look back and recognize that he is at work and he has moved us beyond where we were and he's moved us beyond there again to another place and that he has more in store for us beyond where we are right now. And he wants you and it wants me to be part of what's beyond. He's counting on us for what we can't see, counting on us for what we can't even articulate yet, but he has a beyond that he wants us to be in on. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, we, we thank you and we praise you for all that you have blessed us with, for the way that you have shown us time and time again your love for us. And God, we thank you for all that we've had to celebrate today. 
We thank you for the, the reasons that we have to applaud, the reasons that we have to bring smiles to our faces for all that you've done and for all that you're going to do. God, would you help us? When you ask us to move, would you help us to not hesitate and not be operating out of fear, but instead operate out of faith because you have been so faithful and you can be trusted and we step into what we cannot see with you. God, you have a beyond that is beyond where we are right now, beyond who we are right now as a church and as individuals. God, would you move in us? May we let more and more people know about the unbelievable power and miracle of the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. May we not hold that to ourselves, but let a lost and dying world know that he is the answer, he is the fill for that void that is in their life. God, we thank you for Jesus, for his life, for his teaching, for his death, for his resurrection. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your leader, you don't know him as the one who has saved you, as the one who has poured over your life with grace and forgiveness, today can be the day. Today can be the day that you accept that the stories are real, that he really was here, that he really walked among us, that he really taught, that he really did die. And that three days later, he really did overcome death and walk right out of that tomb as much for you as anybody else. And he has grace and forgiveness that are meant for you. Today, you can say yes to him and be baptized. Or maybe you wanna be a part of this church, you wanna be a part of this family here, we'd love for you to, to join us as two others did in the previous service. Whatever decision you have to make, we want you to know that you are invited to come. Down these aisles, we have folks who will be here to talk with you and pray with you about those decisions. But the rest of us have this opportunity right now just to say thank you with our words and with our voices as we sing praises to our God, as we lift up our hearts to him for all that he has done for us. Let's sing together. Took me so long to believe it 